0: Since I met you, all I won't do is waste some time, waste some time, waste some time. Waste some time, waste some time, waste some time. Waste some time, waste some time, waste
1: some time.
0: Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by DraftKing is your host Bobby Skinner here with my co-host Justin Pennick. And this is probably the episode that's gonna be dated the quickest because we're waiting for the GM. Higher, which will probably happen by time you listening to this episode so we figured it we'd, we'd put in the position review people care about the least the tight end review and we'll do a little quick talk about rumors justin how you feeling going into the friday where we think our gm will be hired between joe shane adam peters and ryan poles
1: yeah bob skinner uh, i have a feeling that an emergency episode is going to need to come friday morning friday afternoon so you know keep an eye out for that if you're taking a weekend trip anywhere you know we'll uh well, we got you. We got you. You know, the, hopefully, there's going to be a new GM that's going to be hired. Bobby, uh, we're going to the Senior Bowl in like nine days. Doesn't feel like nine days. There's so much shit that we gotta do. Before got a lot of then. reports done. Um, yeah, we gotta get a lot of reports done, stuff like that. Um, I'm excited for everything that we have coming up. GM search, head coach search. I mean, good chance that they're doing head coach search while we're at the Senior Bowl. There's going to be so much going on. Um, but I'm doing good though. How are you?
0: I'm doing good and I'm doing even better because this episode was brought to you us by three members of the the new family. We got Jonathan Rung, which is a great last name because it's just like you could just add your bell. Like Jonathan Rung rung your bell or rung Wrong. his bell. Okay. Uh Peter Joyce. Nice. Rejoice for Peter. Um, and then we got Matt with no last name. I feel like that's like our fifth Matt with no last name. Like Matt just, just seems like a a name. I guess people want, don't want their identities revealed. Justin, who are these, uh, rejoicing bell ringers?
1: Sketchy mats. I'll tell you what. Patreon.com slash talking giants. You get some stickers. Spock was sending you some stickers, some magnets, either one of those. You also get entered into shirt raffles twice a month, and if you do uh, an extra tier, if you do the $10 tier, you get even more access to shirt raffles. And there's less people, so you're more likely to win, and you get to hang out with us and watch the shows live and hang out with us and chat with us. Patreon.com slash talking Giants. Thanks to our patrons. Love you.
0: Alright, so this will be probably the shortest episode in Talking Giants history. Um, we're gonna do our tight end review. First, Dan Quinn was requested as an interview. Can I say I just don't understand? I can understand Dan Quinn getting a interview or two interviews. I don't understand why he seems to be like the hot commodity. Where like it was, it seemed like destiny for the Broncos as soon as the season was over. Like he's he's like the, he's like the hot name on the market right now. Everyone wants to interview Dan Quinn, and I don't know. I view him as like in Atlanta as like an objectively bad head football coach. Like I know they went to the Super Bowl and they lost Kyle Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan and fell apart. Uh. And he didn't work hand-in-hand hand with Kyle Hanahan? Uh-huh. <laughs> totally threw me off there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like His defenses have been – were bad for a long time in Atlanta.
1: Yeah, uh, Dallas was like the exception. And there's a there's a caveat to, him, to the good Dallas. Good job,
0: but it's like – it's, you know, like, do we I, – I just don't – I'm surprised that he's getting all this head coach love.
1: Yeah. There's a caveat. There's a little asterisk that you have to put with that Dallas defense. You know, I was – you know, I certainly was hyping him up during the regular season. But then I thought of this. I saw some other people bring this up. Defensive turnovers is not really a thing that is stable on a year-by-year basis, like predicting turnovers and how well a defense does in forcing those turnovers. So you kind of take that out of the Dallas defense. They're, I think they're still a top 10 defense, but they go from, I think, bottom, uh, bottom half of top 10 on an EPA basis to... When you take out the turnovers, if you just look at defenses and you remove turnovers, and then you add turnovers, and then they're like a top-two defense. So you do have to keep that in mind when evaluating the styles defense. And, like you said, Bobby, Dan Quinn's a defensive coach, and for a good portion of many years when he was the coach of the Falcons, they did not have good defenses. Yeah, it's just, like, again,
0: I'm not mad that he's getting an interview opportunity, but it's just, I'm just talking about, like, just NFL big picture. Like, why is Dan Quinn so, like, highly coveted after like, if anything, Gus Bradley deserves more of a shot than this guy, you know. If we're I think going, Vic if
1: we're... Fangio deserves more of a yeah, shot than Vic Dan Yeah, Vic Fangio, Quinn. like,
0: if Vic Fangio was our head coach, I would be happy with that. You know, obviously, I will still want to go offensive-minded, but, like, Vic Fangio over, over Dan uh, Quinn 10 times out of 10 without even blinking. Even 10 times out of 10 over Brian Flores, who, you know, it seems like the Giants will probably have some type of interest in. So that's, yeah, you know, it, it just doesn't make any sense why Dan Quinn is getting all this love, and... You know, we went through this GM search, but like I think we're gonna feel good about our options, like which we do about our three options uh, at GM that we're talking as we're talking right now. Head coach, it's like man, there's some good options out there too. If Dan Quinn is our head coach, I will be disappointed. Like I'll give him his fair shot, you know, give him his fair shot, and and you judge it as his go. But I just feel like that would not be the best hire.
1: Yeah, it would depend on the offensive coordinator for me. I, I won't get automatically disappointed. Um, because I don't think – I don't – did he call the defensive plays in Atlanta? I, I don't quite know. Yes, but, and then um, him,
0: he gave it to Raheem Morris. and But, yes, he was responsible for those defenses.
1: Yeah, but I'm with you. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't come on the show and I wouldn't be slamming my fist against my desk. But it would just be like I felt like we could do better. And I think the whole point – I think if the Giants and John Mayer say we want things to be new – I think everybody should be new, and I think we should just try it. We should try to forge our own path of the McVeighs of the world, of the Kyle Shanahan's of the world. John Lynch was new. Shanahan was new. We should try to forge the path of if we want everything to be new, then make it new. Don't try to half-ass it with the head coach and oh, retread that we already know what he kind of is.
0: But I kind of I'm fine with retreads because you look around the NFL, like you know, I remember and during the 2020 coaching search, I did like I brought the stats of like look at the. Look at the Super Bowl champions over the last 20 years. It's like over 50% were retreads. Now Bill Belichick uh contributed to that a lot, but like it's it's basically half. Um so I'm fine with the retread. Like Brian Flores like, you Do know, Do we even I,
1: count Bill Belichick as a retread because didn't the Browns like disassemble as a franchise for a little bit and then they like came back?
0: He's he's a, he got fired. He's a retread. Okay. Okay. Um but like you you'll you look around the league. like you know, Andy Reid is a retread. Yeah. Um I was making the case for Ron Rivera when I was saying that. Uh, so I, I got no problem with that. It's just uh, Dan, Dan Quinn. Yeah, like Dan Quinn hasn't shown me enough to... Like Doug, Doug Peterson would be more intriguing to me than Dan Quinn.
1: Yeah. Um. Also, are we... Uh, just a question for you. Number one, we're not excited about, hey, Dan Quinn, is this the first head coach that we're announcing that we're going to request an interview? So that's number one. So we address that. But then number two, I'm okay with just requesting to interview him because I think it's coming from... All three of these GM candidates, these final GM candidates that are left, I think. I think ownership got the impression that Dan Quinn is on their list of guys that they would interview if they got the job, and that's why yep. they requested him. Right? Not that ownership is meddling. Is that no? Yeah, I,
0: that didn't that yeah that didn't raise any eyebrows because they seem to be doing the right thing, and and reports are coming out that they are doing the right thing and giving GM full control. So it just seems like they're kind of getting ahead of. Like, hey, we're gonna have a GM here in the next few days. Let's go ahead and get shoot that request in. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't. Uh, I, it's, it was either one at the time. It's like, okay, they have the GM hire. We're gonna hear the news pretty, really soon. Or like you said, it's like all three of those guys talked about wanting to interview Dan Quinn. So why not put in an interview request for Dan Quinn?
1: Yeah. Uh, Jordan Ronan had the fun tweet about a uh, carte blanche. That's the that's the phrase they used. Um, the most encouraging thing to take from this Giants GM search, from from what I've heard, that being Jordan Ronan, they're offering carte blanche to candidates to reshape the organization. The Giants' way of operating is about to change drastically, no matter who is hired. And that makes me happy. Bam. How about that, Jordan Ronan? Who do we think it's going to be, GM?
0: Joe Shane. I'm, I'm with it you. It just man. seems like it. No one's reported that that like he's the real favorite it just they've everyone's just been like kind of seems like it they interviewed him first both times i wouldn't be surprised if it's adam peters either though i'm expecting it to be Joe shane but i wouldn't be surprised if it was adam peters uh i would be surprised if it's ryan poles at this point
1: yeah i'm with you um uh, step for step
0: all right any ads this week we don't have any ads on this episode right no ads son of a bitch all
1: right, hey let's can, do our can i give interview. an ad oh we'll give a little ad talking football we're st- we're starting to sprinkle in some some videos, sprinkle in some posts. So talking football YouTube channel, not really a formal show yet, but we are doing recaps from um, the Saturday games that are going to be this week and the Sunday games. So that's going to be two videos. They're going to be coming out this weekend. Bobby did a little bit of a film breakdown on a Micah Hyde interception. He probably, if there's a cool play, Bobby will break it down with the old twenty two from the postseason. It'll go on the Talking Football channel and all of our draft breakdowns. So Talking Football, go subscribe on the YouTube channel. Not a podcast yet, so go subscribe on the YouTube channel. It'll be a podcast this fall. Maybe,
0: maybe not. We had a meeting with John Boy Media today, and they kind of said like we're, you know, maybe, maybe we just never do a Talking Football podcast. We just put out banger videos. Who knows.
1: We'll see. Yeah.
0: Um, we'll see. It. Yeah. It depends on how you guys react to this crap. All right. Tight end review. So we did linebacker review. We're getting like the bad ones out of the way because there's actual real news uh, right now. Tight end review. So we got Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph, and Caden Smith. A very underwhelming group overall. Evan Ingram and Kyle Rudolph both had career lows in yards per game. Evan Ingram's was by far. Kyle Rudolph was just barely uh, lower than his rookie season, and was lower, you know, significantly lower than all of them. You say, "Oh well," with Daniel Jones got hurt. I'm sure that's uh, uh, inf- impacted it big time. Nope. Kyle Rudolph actually averaged two more yards per game with the backup QBs. Kyle Rudolph or <laughs> Evan Ingram had uh, four and a half yards less. So it, it a, a little bit of an impact, but still, if you uh, if you went from the the per game rate with Daniel Jones, it would still been a, a career low. Now, that being said, Evan Ingram led the team in receptions and touchdowns, um, but was third in yards to Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Toney, and it gets viewed as not a horrible year for Evan Ingram because he didn't have the drop passes that led to, uh, one, just drop passes overall, but drop passes that led to turnovers, even though he did have a fumble in his first game and got booed like crazy, but... Besides the drops, this was Evan Ingram's worst year of his career by far. Yeah, you know, and it's it's it seems like a group of guys besides Caden Smith that it's time to move on from. Like, I don't think both either one of these guys and Evan Ingram or Kyle Rudolph are back.
1: Yeah, and the question still remains. I guess we'll start with Ingram first. The question still remains: What does this guy do well besides run a straight line fast? That question still remains. I think he's a really good athlete. Think he can provide something for a good offense, but I think that offense already needs to be good. I don't think Evan Ingram makes the offense, a good offense. I think you already need to have a good offense and then Evan Ingram can fit somewhere. So I mean, I'll just, what does Evan Ingram do well besides run a straight line? Well, Bobby,
0: he doesn't do any, it doesn't. Um, you know, he's a mediocre at best route runner. He does have bad hands. Um, he just, he floats in times where it's like, you need to wear, you know, there was, there was one screenplay, with Andrew, Andrew
1: Thomas. Thomas, and it was the Eagle game.
0: Yeah, and Andrew Thomas washed his guy, washes his guy, and Evan Ingram just keeps floating. You know, we even go back to the preseason game where, like, that interception by Daniel Jones versus the Patriots, and it's like, Evan Ingram, stop floating. Like, find a hole and sit in it. And again, like, he just hasn't, since 2019, he hasn't been a good player. You know, again, congrats on not getting the drops this year, but he had 46 catches this year. In 2020, he had 63. 408 yards in 2020 at 654 he had the the three touchdowns to the one touchdown but again he had more yards in every single season in the nfl now five years in the nfl this was he had never had less yards than he had this season guess what justin in 2019 he played eight games he had more yards than this in 2018 he played 11 games more yards than this yeah 27.2 yards per per game this season that's uh, get to the rest of his career, 40.9, 58.4, 52.5, 48.1. So I don't, none of us were expecting Evan Ingram to have some huge role, but as his role got a little bigger with injuries, it's like, yeah, he didn't have the drops and had a decent game here and there, but it's just like he's not a good player and he's not a player that the Jets should resign Uh, with the cap situation they're in.
1: No. No, and like Bobby said, 2018, he played in 11 games, um, 22 first downs. Uh, 2019... 23 first downs when he played in eight games. This year he played in 15 games. It's 21 first downs. It's uh <laughs> it's it's one first down and two first downs less than uh you know less than what he did this year or more I would say more than what he did this year. And also the yards after the catch per reception, despite his average depth of target being the lowest of his career at 5 yards, the average uh, the yards after the catch per reception is also the worst of his career at 4. 4 yards after the catch per reception when every single year has been more than five and a half, besides twenty twenty being four point seven. And we knew last year. Well even last total year, yards
0: per catch was the worst of his career too. Yeah,
1: yeah. So just it's tough. It, it, he's in a tough spot. You know, whether last year I would say yeah, it's a little bit more on him with him dropping the ball and, you know, so many interceptions being on him and so many turnovers being on him. Uh pro football reference has him on the hook for two interceptions when targeted uh this year instead of six the previous year. So You know, you could say, hey, it's not really on him. But like I said, the Giants offense is just not good. And I think Evan Ingram, we finally learned that the breakout Evan Evan Ingram year, it's not really going to come. And if Evan Ingram is going to be productive, I think you need a good offense to be around him. And the Giants just don't have that right now. And I'm also done with the whole, eh, an effort blocker. And that's what I'm kind of changing about what I, how I value the tight end position for the Giants this draft season. I don't just want a tight end who is going to give a lot of good effort when he blocks give me a tight end that can freaking block like that's that's a guy that I it want It changes
0: your offense does um don't you know, just try
1: depends. I appreciate you trying but if you're not a good blocker sorry
0: yeah and again I don't think either one of us have hate in our heart for Evan Ingram you know no. the way you know a lot of the fan base might um but it's just he's just at this point in his career he's not a good tight end he's better suited as a tight end two role and an offense that has a bunch of crossing rounds now maybe we get Brian Dable, and they bring him back for cheap and he does ju- he does just that. But I just I do think it's time for the Giants to move on from him and again, it's, we're not cutting him. He's his his deal is expiring. I wish him well. He's a player I will root for um going forward cuz if there's any player who probably deserve to hate this fan base, it was Evan Ingram. And you know, he never now- did.
1: He never he never said peep about anything.
0: Yeah, and um, and again, the fan base isn't mat- wrong for being mad at Evan Ingram. Like, he's been a bad player, and he contributed to losses, uh, especially in twenty twenty. But he's just he's an average at best tight end. He doesn't do uh, anything really well, like you said, besides running a straight line. And it's not like we got Tyreek Kill at tight end either. You know, yeah, he's not he's not that fast. Uh, you know, where it's just total game changer. So he's better fitted in a tight end two role going forward. And I just don't see that being on the Giants. Uh, so that'll. That's one of the uh, the two Jerry Reese picks that are left on the roster. Probably going to be gone.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Do you think this is the the very end of Evan Ingram as a Giant?
1: Man, because now you brought up uh, Dable. It's not Dable. I, I I was corrected by Ron Swanson, who is my speech therapist. Actually, um, Brian Dable. If we bring him in, then I will talk myself back into. If we just expect Evan Ingram to be a guy that's going to catch 30, 40 balls every year. Okay. But you know, we've talked ourselves into as giants fans, this could be a guy that could catch 50, 60, 70 balls a year. And you know, he, he could, he could be a big playmaker. He could be a, you know, a big explosive play guy, blah, 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 blah. Just one of those guys where it's similar with Saquon. It's similar for, you know, a few other guys, Will Hernandez, maybe need a change of scenery. It's just so, so much has kind of gone wrong. And so many reps of just so many bad memories. It just, you need the change of scenery. But Dable's the only exception where I can talk myself back into. It. It's like, yeah, all right, bring him back. Sure.
0: Change of scenery is surely be good for Evan Ingram, but it's not because he's been stuck with the New York Giants that he's not a good player. Uh, you know, it's been five years. He looked decent for uh, before he got hurt in 2019. Not decent. He looked good. He looked really good. Um, you know, if you look through like the first six games, he was – he was putting up wide receiver number one uh, numbers essentially, um, and, and then and then got hurt. All right, next on the tight end list, a player that's like I don't think anybody likes this guy. Thirty-two years old, Kyle Rudolph. Twenty-six catches, two hundred fifty-seven yards, one touchdown, sixteen point one yards per game. We paid seven million dollars a year for a guy who averaged sixteen point one yards per game.
1: How many How many millions of dollars did we pay him?
0: Over 7 mil per year, four, over four, 14, 14 mil total. He caught
1: 12 um, first downs this year, and he got $7 million.
0: 32 years old, he's got a 7.4 mil cap hit next season. Uh, 2.4, that's dead cap, so you'll save $5 million if he's cut. I would be shocked if he's not cut. Um, he just wasn't a good player. He's a good blocker, but again, you can't, you can't be paid that much and be just a good blocking tight end. Like We can go sign – good. we can just add an extra offensive lineman out there. Like he added – he added nothing to this offense, and especially so because of Daniel Jones' lack of ability to throw the fade ball because it's like, okay, that was the one thing that Kyle Rudolph was significantly added in the passing game was in the end zone. He could just go up and get it, and Daniel Jones and him never had that – Daniel Jones hasn't had that connection with anyone, mm-hmm. let alone the fact that the fade ball is one of the worst uh, play calls in football in general. Uh, it just – this, this may just be like in that. Pa- this is 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 this in the Patrick Omeme uh, contract uh stratosphere where it's just yeah. like clearly from day one this is was totally screwed up.
1: Yeah. Um. At least Omame was at a position of need, sorta. But what they, they signed him for three years. <laughs> um. Yeah. And we it, were it's... perplexed
0: when they signed Rudolph. It's like, how does this make sense? It's like we were just kind of like, they have to trade Ingram. It doesn't make sense to bring Rudolph. No and ha- and restructured Levine Toilolo,
1: and oh well. And they offered Hunter Henry money, too. That's that's also the strange thing. It's Kyle Rudolph was their backup plan at tight end. Now, maybe they knew that they weren't going to get Hunter Henry, but they clearly prioritized tight end this offseason, but they still decided to keep Evan Ingram, and they didn't use him any differently. Like, they actually used him the second half of 2020. His yards before the catch was... Significantly more than the than the rest of his career, and they've started to they put him out wide, and they just they didn't continue that momentum that he kind of built for himself towards the second half of 2020, where it was a little bit of momentum. But and we and I thought in my brain, okay, use Evan Ingram out wide, and then Kyle Rudolph can be your inline tight end, and it just never worked out that way. Never.
0: No, they never. They really didn't even use those guys together. Like when Kyle Rudolph was on the field, they almost. They'd either be three tight end sets, like super heavy package, or they do two tight end sets with Caden Smith or or Myrick. And it's like, okay, this is clearly a blocking scheme. And, and don't get me wrong, he did impact the pass game as far as a pass blocker. Like like he like he helped Nate Solder out a lot, and especially at the beginning of the season when Nate Soldier was at his worst.
1: Yeah, the New uh, Orleans game, with the John the big John Ross touchdown, that's a max protect twelve personnel look. And John Ross runs a post route. And I think it's Rudolph that's staying in there to block and allows Daniel Jones time to step up in the pocket. So, yeah, he he was he was big there, but that's just not enough. You don't. It's sign not enough to get this contract. Seven you know. million dollars to be a backup tight end who blocks well. You can't.
0: Or even just a backup, just just a thirty-two year old backup tight end in general shouldn't be getting that type yeah. of money. Now he he missed all of camp with the foot injury. Yeah. Um. I don't know how. I don't think that really affected him. I'm sure it affected him some, but I don't think it changed his total season around
1: he did look better now better is a relative term i guess he did look better as the season went on like think of that i think it was the los angeles game where this is actually my question to you what was that a the rams 50, or chargers the uh, there was some there was some game where he had like a 60 yard play it was the bucks I think it, it was the Bucks. sorry right, excuse me i thought it was against chargers so some play where he had like a 60, 60, 65-yard play. And a lot of that was yards after the catch. So let's just say it was 50 yards after the catch. I want you to guess right now how many total yards after the catch Kyle Rudolph had this year. Remember, 50 of them came on one play.
0: About. 68.
1: No, a little bit more. 137. But still, really I mean, low. Think, th- think of how... Think of how bad that is, and I mean, compare it to 2020 where he played in 12 games, 164 yards after the catch, 2019 and 2018 he played a full season, he had 190 in 2019, and then 245 in 2018. So I mean, 137 total yards after the catch, and 50 of them came on one play.
0: (laughs) It was one catch of 28 yards in
1: that game. We got to figure out, I think, I really think it's the Chargers game. What game was the really big play that he had?
0: Oh, you know, it was the Chargers game with Mike Lennon. You're
1: right. Ah, good for me.
0: Let me find the the long from that game. Now I remember it.
1: Good for Um, me. Proud of myself.
0: Let's see. What do we got? His long in that game was 60. 60. But it, it was probably like 40 yards of...
1: Yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go forty-five, fifty. That's my guess. Word up. Probably closer to 45.
0: Um, so yeah, he's he, cut. He's cut. He's gone. And I'm not missing him even in the slightest. Uh, never once a giant always a giant do that for Kyle Rudolph. Um, and the whole Kadarius Tony and Dallas thing. I don't want to get too deep into that, but that just bothered me the way he kind of, Instigated that a little bit and then walked away and Oh yeah, clearly didn't care at all. Like Turned
1: looked, around, saw that there was a fight happening and that his teammates were in, a, were in a scrum. Just didn't even react. Nope, just turned around, walked to the sideline.
0: And he killed Daniel Jones. Did he
1: kill Daniel Jones?
0: The concussion. No, I don't really blame that 100% on him, um, but he oh, didn't help. Our third tight end. And here's the one I love the most. Caden Smith. 24 years old. A 100% catch rate.
1: People don't talk about that enough.
0: He only had three catches for 33 yards and the you know they uh they came in with with Evan Ingram out the first two games of the year. Uh, you don't have that. He had a couple uh, nice catches versus Washington and then a 9-yarder versus Atlanta. Now he did spring Saquon's best run of the year uh, as a lead blocker. But the knee injury, obviously he missed half the season with the knee injury. Uh, It looks like we finally got our wish, at least for a brief period of time, Caden Smith should be the Giants' tight end one for at least a start free agency.
1: Yeah, yeah, at least a start free agency. I'm also pretty in on drafting a tight end right now. I'm getting excited with some of these guys that are going to be going to the Senior Bowl, like Jake Ferguson, uh, McBride out of Colorado State, which I think in your mock draft video, little draft talk, didn't you pick McBride in like the fifth round?
0: Fourth or fifth? He's not going to go that
1: low. Yeah, he's. I think he may be like a second. Mid-season
0: mocks the their mocks are always screwed up.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I think he'll he'll he may be bumped up to a he's second a beast. Round. I really like McBride, so yeah, Caden Smith, I love, I like him, love him. Uh, was he in the brief time? This is a question that I have for you, in the brief time that he was here and the games that he played, did he look? like as much of, a, of an oppressive blocker in 2021 that he did in 2020
0: yeah now that being said the teams had adjusted to the Giants uh pulling gap scheme where they just yeah. started spilling inside on guys so it was hard for him to make the plays but like you know they did that to him in verse Washington and Caden Smith like kept his head on the swivel flipped his hips around and and sprung Saquon Barkley's best run of the season um uh, so you know credit to him that so Caden uh, has never gonna never been like a dominant inline blocker. He's gonna have some dominant plays, and but he's never gonna be like a, a dominant inline blocker. But he's just, to me, he's solid. Um, like there was, he catches everything that comes his way. You know, uh, let's go. We just talked. We talked about preseason with Evan Ingram. You remember the preseason catch, Caden uh, Smith? Had? It's like
1: the best catch of the
0: year. Every time Caden Smith has had an opportunity, no one has walked away disappointed. You know, I'm. I'm not. If you want to go hear my whole spiel on Caden Smith, go back to our tight end review last season where I I broke down the 2019 versus 2020, like got really fired up about it and had like two days worth of tweets about it because I got so fired up about it. Um, but again, I've never walked away from a Caden Smith game being disappointed.
1: Man, is the season any different? Probably not. But is the uh, well, the season might be because this reflects on what we do over the offseason you keep a guy like Kevin Zeitler, you can restructure his contract and you just say, Caden Smith, it makes sense for him to be a tight end two or, or a tight end one next to Evan Ingram. And those guys can actually split reps. You keep a guy like Kevin Zeitler and Kyle Rudolph never steps foot in the building. I mean, how different is the offensive line and therefore how different is the season? Yeah. You know,
0: I agree that definitely been the smart move to, to make. But I, it's, you brought it up, and I know this isn't what your point was. Kevin Zeidler clearly didn't want to be a New York Giant anymore. And, kind of, like, you know, Nick Gates was better than Kevin Zeitler at the end of the last season. Right. And Andrew Thomas. Like, by the end of the season, Kevin Zeidler was the third best offensive of line. He was definitely done with New York. And he, admi- he basically admitted in a Ravens press the other day, he's like, kind of revitalized my career coming over here. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, I mean, I'm happy for him. We love Zites. Um, they shouldn't have used that money on Kyle freaking Rudolph. They should have yeah. done something else. They should have invested in a different type of guard. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know who was out there, but not freaking bringing in Kyle Rudolph. It pisses me off so bad.
1: Yeah, because it makes all the sense in the world to not do what they did, especially when you look at who Caden, Caden Smith is. And Caden Smith is no – I don't think he's a game changer, but he's a cheap option. And he's oh, a reliable he's definitely a game changer. He's a reliable football player. I think the one thing that you can look at Caden Smith is, you know, not exciting, kind of boring, but reliable. And I think that's what you're looking at out of your tight end too. not $7 million. How
0: about that? Uh, yeah, $7, $7 million, for million All right. Do you have anything? i mean, Chris Myrick. We are a Chris Myrick podcast, but he's on the Bengals. Bengals. I've, um, Won every playoff game that he's been a part of. True um, coincidence. I think not. Was there any other straggler tight ends we had on the roster this year? I don't think there was.
1: I think it was I feel simply- like I feel like there was a guy practice squad from the Patriots, or was that Myrick?
0: That was Ryan Izzo. He never made it to the Giants game. Mm. Myrick was was liked more than him. But when we lost Myrick, did we pull anybody up that last game?
1: I don't think so. I
0: don't I think, think we just did rolled.
1: Either. I think we just rolled with the two.
0: Did Adam Trotman get any reps? Let me see.
1: Adam Trotman, this is where we're at, huh? <laughs> um
0: we're reaching. Let me let me go through Janice Roster real quick.
1: I'm closing my computer. I'm 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 done with it. Let's see.
0: Oh, by the way, me and Andrew Thomas turned 30 on Saturday. And guess what I got uh, someone got me for it.
1: What did someone get you? An Andrew Thomas jersey. Can I just admit something to the world? I did Wait. not wish you a happy birthday.
0: It's not my birthday yet.
1: Oh, I thought you it's said Saturday. it was this past Saturday.
0: No, it's this Saturday.
1: Oh, okay. Then I'm not a bad guy, and I will wish yeah, you a happy good. birthday. Or Jake Hosman,
0: not Adam Trotman.
1: You should have went with it and acted like your birthday was this past Saturday.
0: Yeah, I definitely could have done that. Um, <laughs> Missed
1: opportunity. See.
0: Jake Hosman. Did Jake Ho- do we bring uh, back Ravine Toilolo? Nope.
1: Pro- I mean, we may have to, be- just because of depth. Like, what money do we have, and are we going to spend two draft picks on a tight end? Undrafted <laughs> 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 free agent. There you go. That's what we'll do.
0: Let's see. Jake Hosman, pro football reference stats. Did he play any snaps?
1: No. No way.
0: Nope. Nope. He didn't. No he- way. But I thought he might have been You know, a call-up one game. He wasn't. So, yeah, we hit every single tight end, which is Look impressive. Look at
1: that. What's going to be the next position?
0: I probably won't be for a couple of weeks because we're about to hire a GM and start the head coach search. Yeah. And the Senior Bowl, we're probably not going to do a position review for another three weeks. This is
1: true. This is so we true. got the
0: we got the ones that no one wanted to hear about inside linebacker and tight end out of the way. When yeah, it's people, like we
1: got the filler ones out. So what are, what are we going to? We got, they're actually important ones next.
0: Yeah, offensive line isn't always an important one. Daniel Jones is Daniel Jones is always the last one we do. Um, you know what? Maybe,
1: or do we do cornerbacks and safeties together?
0: I don't think we did because they were such separate positions with the Giants.
1: Okay, then maybe we could do like safeties next and we can have like a Xavier McKinney, Logan Ryan, Julian Love conversation. And where do we see the position going forward? There's some good safeties at the Senior Bowl too that I'm excited about. There's somebody from Penn State who I like. See, I
0: haven't even watched the DBs. When we have Michael Coe on, I'm going to be like, all right, you're a DB. You run the Senior Bowl. Talk to me about some of these DB. Get me excited on some. Besides Jalen Petrie out of Baylor. I love Jalen Petrie. Um, so, all right. That's an episode. We'll be back whenever we get this GM. Again, you probably listened to that episode before you listened to this one, and especially the end of this one, if we're being completely honest. And if you've listened to the end of this one, I legitimately love you, and I thank you for supporting us. Because if you listen to the, last, the end of this episode, you are real deal talking Giants people. So we do appreciate you guys. We'll be back when we're back. Enjoy weekend. Hopefully, Andrew Thomas and me get a nice relaxing birthday, but probably not because of the Giants GM. Until then, let's go Big Blue.